2: Doing all they can to keep it in the forefront, and so it's it's not my job to do that I'll let the uh, the more legitimate press do that but but I do want to tell you that uh, uh, I've had a lot of discussions over the years with people and uh, this idea that it has united the country uh, and the, and again the press is trying to do that yesterday even the the liberal and the conservative press you were watching the news yesterday Ken
3: you couldn't get there, away from it yeah, it was everywhere.
2: And they're trying to make it sound as if we're this one united country over this event. And I told one of my friends in the lunchroom a few months afterwards, when I saw the country just splitting right down the the middle over this, I said to my friend, I said, Rich, we're headed for a civil war. And he said, you know, I think we are. That was in 2001. I said, we are more divided now than we have been ever. And this is just exacerbating it. It's showing the great rift. And I was talking with uh, Sam, one of the uh, doctors in the hospital. From uh, he's originally from Syria and he's a Muslim. And his comment was, "Well, you know, all the Palestinians had their homes taken away. Don't you think you should expect this?" I'm like, "Wait a minute, what What about (laughs) (laughs) Sam?" What did what does the Jews taking the Palestinian land have to do with with the United States? We didn't even fight that war. That that war was fought by the British, with uh, with uh, help from Jewish resistance. And, uh, and you know, and I was appalled at that. And then my sisters, they're saying, well, you know, maybe we deserved it because we're such an evil nation. What what are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? Uh, we are the least racist, the most benevolent, uh, the most accepting, the kindest, the best country in the history of the world. I just, I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And uh, we were in in uh, San Francisco a couple of years later uh, for a vacation, in a conference, and so we jumped a ferry out to Alcatraz to do the little, you know, the piddly tour that they have of the old crumbling jail. And, you know, I don't know why we do it, but because, get... you,
3: because you're in San Francisco and that's what you do there. I did it. <laughs> when you're out there, you go down. You got to you gotta go see the, uh, the wharf and you have to go to the jail.
2: And you go to Knob Hill and you go to the Coit Tower and you ride the, the exactly. street. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm riding out there and I'm talking with this guy that's local about about the towers. And he said, oh, who needs those big buildings? We don't need those big buildings. They're just ecologically. They're not, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. Where am I? Am I in the United States? <laughs> like somebody help me. There's a real disconnect here. So anybody who thinks that this is a uniting event is is not paying attention. And you know, how the world sees us and how our press says the world sees us are two very different things, Ken. Our press makes it sound like we're not wanted. Uh, that our interventions in the Middle East and in Af- Afghanistan and in different countries around the world that are in turmoil that they don't want us there you know what they want us they not only want us they beg for us they they dream that we're going to come in and rescue them from the bad guys from the Saddam Husseins from the ISIS and the al-Qaeda and from the Nazis and from the 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 communists and the and the socio-fascists that are now taking over our country. You know what? I've talked with people from all over the world and uh, I don't care where you go. They love Americans. They want us and they want what we have. They want our culture. They want our intervention. They want our way of life. They want our freedom to express ourselves. And, uh, you know, the, the world is, is not the way our press portrays it to our people. I was talking with uh, a couple from Iran years ago out of Glacier National Park. Their son's an Iranian American who is a doctor here, and his parents came over for a visit. And this was well after the Ayatollahs took over. This was like in 2005 or six. I can't remember the exact year. And they said, "Doc, don't believe what you hear out of our our country's government. Iranians love Americans. We love you guys." they want to be like us they like our music our movies our beer i mean they like everything about us they want our freedom and uh, uh i i just I, I don't know how to get this through to people who are such disbelievers and who only listen to cnn and msnbc can it, it it's just so disturbing because this is what creates uh, the, the kind of chaos and turmoil and division that we have within our country is a press that is unfettered in telling any lie it can just for sensationalism and to sell some sell some advertising. I mean, it, it's really... It, it's just basically disgusting to me. I, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I just can't... Uh, I can't fathom... I can't... I can't abide this kind of behavior. It's just
3: too much. You know, I've been listening more to the BBC than... American television lately, I find it interesting to see how they present us. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's line. a whole different angle, and they're very. I mean, the BBC is very proper. Oh yeah, there's no you know happy talk on the BBC, and uh, it's it's news done the way it used to be done here. So it's kind of boring. There's no flashy you know graphics going on and off, but it's it's interesting to see because it is a little different. It we don't you don't get this, the whole story.
2: No, you don't. You have to. You have to really search. And, and so, uh, the Xinhua Network, uh, which is the uh, official news agency of the uh, of the Chinese people, uh, it's the biggest and most influential media organization in China. It's uh, the largest news agency in the world in terms of worldwide correspondence. And so, they had a guy here uh, yesterday, a 9/11, and he was doing a piece on on the United States and how we're doing after the uh, – or, or during the memorial here 20 years later. And his his take is that we are an extremely divided country, extremely divided, and that, uh, you know, a recent ABC uh, News poll said 49 percent of Americans think the country is a safer place 20 years after 11, down from 64 percent a decade ago. And 41 percent instead said the United States has become less safe since 9-11 and uh, has questions about whether or not the war in Afghanistan was worth fighting. Well, of course it was worth fighting, but our press made it sound like it wasn't. And if you think the Afghan people didn't want us there, you're out of your mind. All you have to do is go to the press the world wide press and see the pictures of the Taliban sticking guns in the face of people on on the streets of Kabul who are protesting and saying wait a minute you know you, you can't treat us like slaves we're we're full citizens we're educated women we're educated uh, uh people and and we deserve to be treated that way and so the, you know the most americans feel that we're very divided and this is not from us this is from a guy a Chinese reporter who's reporting in, in the Xinhua news. I mean you can go to the site and get it. You can read it. And uh one person that he interviewed said, I think we're a terribly divided country. We're divided over vaccines. We're divided over politics. We're divided over war, over terrorism. We're divided over
3: everything, Ken. Well yeah, not, look at the elections. I mean it's it's almost fifty fifty. It's
2: it's yeah you know it's it's uh I mean, it's really frightening. And then there's another piece in uh, in one of the French newspapers, basically echoing the same thing: that we're a deeply divided country, and that 9/11 didn't bring us together; it drove it drove us further apart. And I, you know, I I think that this nonsense that our press, liberal and conservative, are pushing out that we're somehow united by this event is just a a false narrative. And I think it's an attempt to to try to find some kind of reconciliation between the the two sides, but it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work because the fundamental differences have not been resolved. Are we gonna be a free enterprise country? Are we gonna be a socialist country? Are we gonna be a country that's respected for our interventions and saving people around the world from depotism and chaos and poverty? Uh, or are we going to be a country that just says, well, that's not our problem. You work it out yourselves. Well, you know what? The guys who have the guns are the ones that are going to work, work it, it out. out. Yeah. And, you know, it's like God. Uh, yeah. You'll believe in the God that the guy with the gun in your face says you'll believe in. I mean, that's the end of the story. And uh, most people are going to say, well, you know, if that's what I got to do to survive. That's what I got to do to survive. Yeah. And 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 it's really a sad situation. It's just well, there's yeah. a
3: reason all those people were trying to get on those planes as we were leaving. I mean, they. It's yeah. just like in Vietnam, people want to be with us, if they oh. can.
2: And you don't see people escaping from the United States. You know, Bill no. Maher, you know the the uh, evening talk show guy on one of the liberal channels. Maher, yeah, you talking about Maher. Yeah. yeah, Bill Maher. He said he was dissing the uh, the Black Lives Matter and the woke and all that, and he said. You don't see 17-year-old kids hanging onto the wheel well that's <laughs> to exactly. trying to get out of the United States. Yeah, that's right. You don't see that. And, I mean, that kid fell off and died. And that was at the Kabul airport. And uh, you don't hear that in our press. No,
3: not, not a lot of people trying to get out.
2: Exactly. And, and they're still trying to get out. And we still have, ex, uh, we still have veterans from, from special ops that are over there sneaking people out and getting them into – Tajikistan and Turkmenistan and trying to get them out from there. I mean, what a trek. What a trek. I mean, these people are going by foot over mountains and and trying to escape American citizens and Afghans who worked with us. And, uh, you know, their
3: families are being killed. They're they're being hunted. They're being hunted down. Yes. They're being burned alive. I mean, we talk about how much we respect our, um, you know, the the wild, wild west, they get in a Wagon train and go all the way to California. That's nothing compared to what these folks are trying to do to get here. I mean, they couldn't even get a wagon. It's right.
0: <laughs> you
2: couldn't do anything. You'd have to take it apart and carry it piece by piece. Those are big mountains over there. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, biggest in the world. But biggest you're right. Nobody's
3: trying to leave the United States.
2: And you know, here's the other thing, Ken. All this stuff about how racist a country we are. I was talking with a guy. We were on a cruise a few years ago. And he was a Haitian guy who emigrated to Miami, worked his way up, and he was the manager of the Publix. And, you know, Publix, for those of you who don't know, Publix is a big uh, retail grocery chain in, in this area in Florida. And it's really one of the best grocery stores in the country, and I've been in grocery stores all over the country. Oh, it's excellent, yes. It's an excellent chain. And so he's the manager of – I mean this is a pretty pretty big position to get. And this is a black guy from Haiti with an accent, and uh, we were talking, and he was telling, we were actually in Haiti. There's a there's a little part of Haiti that one of the cruise companies, I forget, a Royal Caribbean or somebody has bought, and they've got a, you know, they got like a little day area there. And you can, oh, they're only a little private island area kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like a little private island area, only it's A little part key, of, a little key for them. It's actually part of Haiti, but, but they, they bought the land and developed it. They've got zip
3: lining. And, I think and, I've been there, Doc. <laughs> so, yeah, You've been there? I'm pretty sure I was, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's you nice, know,
3: yeah. Got lots of things to
2: do for kids and adults and uh, rides, and they've got luau's and, and food. and So at any rate, so we're talking. We're sitting riding back in, in one of the golf carts from one of the rides, and uh, he said, you know, don't believe everything you hear in the press about Haiti. It's not as poor as you think. There's a lot of – wealth there there is a middle class it's growing yes we have a lot of problems especially in the big cities and so we started talking about racism and he said doc i've been to france i've been to different countries around the world america is the least racist country on earth he said i could have never gotten a position running a grocery store in paris never and he said you know in the united states i'm 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 a full citizen you know i'm treated he said, sure, there's going to be prejudices, but that's everywhere. Hmm. And my buddy, Kate and Kapadia, who, uh who is the head of the uh, of the Pinellas Urology Group, that's the guys that worked on my prostate, which, by the way, is really helping. Um, he and I were talking in the lunchroom, and we we have very candid discussions with each other, you know, not only about politics and religion, but about kids and wives. Of course, I can't repeat what we say about our wives. That would be... <laughs> That would not be a good idea, Doc. That would not be a good. That would be instant chaos. So the wife's probably <laughs> listening this morning, so I'll hear about this afterwards. <laughs> so at any rate, um, we were talking, and 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 he said, he said, Bill, I have been all over the world, and and you know, he's a well-to-do doctor, so he can travel. He's been to England. He's been to Europe. He's been to Asia. He's been to North Africa. He said. This is the least racist country, the most accepting country in the world. This is a, this is a brown skin guy. I mean, he was born in the United States and he's an American. He speaks and acts and talks and, you know, drinks beer and watches football. But, uh, you know, he's a quote, quote, person of color. If you believe in that nonsense. And he said, this is the least racist country on earth. People just don't know how well they have it. And, uh, I can't tell you how often I hear this. My, my neurologist that I'm seeing now who's really helped me with my headache and my neck and all that. He's from Nigeria. I can't even pronounce his last name. We all call him Obi. <laughs> <laughs> so Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he's he's just a, a prince of a guy. I mean, he was a child warrior during the, uh, during the Biafran War back in the 60s. He was a 12, 13-year-old kid who went to war against the you know, for the Biafrans against the rest of Nigeria. And, you know, he, as a kid, he killed people, and he abhors war. He abhors guns. He hates killing. He's he's a pacifist. He's such a sweetheart, and, uh, you know, it's such a, an honor to have him as my doctor. And uh, he really has helped me. He's started me on some new medications. My migraines are better. I'm getting more sleep at night. and 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 I, I tell you what, he says the same thing. This is the least racist country on earth. If you went to India and you went from one state in India to another, first of all, you wouldn't be able to speak the, the language in the next state. Did you know that? I had no idea. I thought they all pretty much talked the same thing. The, the national language is Sanskrit, uh, but that's actually English. And uh, But if you try to speak the tongue of your – like if you go from Gujarat to uh, Punjab, you you can't speak Punjabi. You won't understand it. You will not understand it. And the Northerners hate the Southerners, and the Easterners hate the Westerners. And if you try to go and set up practice as a doctor in another state, you're not going to have much success because people won't trust you because you're not from their state. <laughs> wow. <you> <laughs> but now here, if I go from here to California,
3: I'm immediately immediately accepted. Yeah, yeah, and you understand the language. That's true it, in China too, isn't it? Though a, a bit, there's Where parts there, one part of the country speak almost completely different language than another part.
2: Well, yeah. Well, the southern part there's a minority that speaks uh, uh, Cantonese, and uh, the majority speaks Mandarin. And the Mandarins look down on the Cantonese and say, "Oh, that, that that's just a small area. They don't, you know." And that's Hong Kong, by the way. Oh. And so, you know, it's easy for the Chinese. Communist Party to manipulate the people because there's already a natural prejudice there. We don't have that. I mean, you you hear people talk about Northerners talk about our southern accent, but, you know, you don't see people going to war over that. No, never. No, no I mean, oh, Come on. And now, I told you the story we were up in Chicago years ago, and the wife ordered grits at breakfast, and the just looked at her <laughs> like, lady... <laughs> Not in the South anymore. We don't serve up here.
3: <laughs> yeah, he had, he had a tough time finding grits in Chicago. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, it's changing, but still, you know, she was like, "Billy, what, what's going on?" I said, "Well,
2: honey, that, that's a regional dish. You're not going to get grits in Chicago." It's, you have to at least uh, go to Indiana. That's right. You got to go at least down to Indiana. Now, if you go to Kentucky, we got grits. We got ham. We got we got it all. But anyway, by the way. I'm talking with Kate and my friend who who was saying we're the least racist country and he's a urologist here in town, Pinellas Urology. Great guys, great guys, just a great, great group of guys. And I was talking about needing uh, an ultra-cold freezer, you know, minus 70, minus 80-degree freezer, so I could keep the Pfizer as well as the Moderna vaccine in the office. You know, you're supposed to keep the Pfizer between 60 and 80, minus 60 and 80. That's pretty cold, Ken. You put your finger on that for a second and it'll you'll come out with frostbite at any rate he said hey we got a ultra cold freezer it's just sitting in our office i said what do you got that for he said well we were doing a research project years ago and we had to get it i said can i borrow it he said yeah come and take it so friday we picked it up stuck it next to the refrigerator in the in the kitchen and uh plugged it in it's down to minus 75
3: man that is cold
2: so i'm going to order some uh uh pfizer Uh, BioNTech vaccine So that Because you know Some people are are, They they believe everything The FDA says And Fauci said Don't mix Pfizer and Moderna Well he's a lying SOB You know that I mean he's just a liar The reason he did it Is because the guy said Pfizer said Don't let them mix it Because then Pfizer Will lose its market Because Moderna Is easier to store So all the doctors And all the pharmacies Will only get the Moderna And the Pfizer Will lose money They'll lose revenues And they got a lot invested. And, and, I mean, I understand the Pfizer's concern. You you know, Ken, I mean, if you put billions of dollars into developing a a product and uh, then marketing it and shipping it, and, I mean, it's a big deal. And all of a sudden, little old Moderna, which is probably one one-hundredth the size of Pfizer. Pretty
3: much an upstart in the business. Yeah,
2: and steals your market because of something Fauci said or didn't say. Well, you can understand that. Yeah. So at any rate, in and, and respect to those who believe that you can't mix them, we'll, we will have the Pfizer. Um, I've got to order it, so it's probably going to be a week or two. We're also getting a test machine that will do a rapid test for the COVID uh, in your nose. It'll do the flu and the COVID. And so you'll have an immediate result, you know, within 15 minutes at the office And so, if you're going to take a flight, or you're trying to get back to Canada, or or whatever, and you have to have a a negative test within 72 hours, you'll have it immediately, and we'll give you a little printout piece of paper and a little certificate from Dr. Bill. We'll even give you a mug if you want one. (laughs) I keep forgetting the mugs. I gotta get. I've got still got four thousand. The coveted
3: Dr. Bill mug. Yes. Yeah. You want you want a couple hundred. (laughs) We we'll have to come up with a weekly contest to give those away. Yeah, we we we'll, got we'll to brainstorm on that.
2: We got to restart that. We'll start the, restart that next week. We'll have to have a question. I tell you what, Ken, you're in charge of thinking up the question. Okay. Uh, because you're you're my savant. Uh, by the way, Ken is a savant. I mean he he reads and studies and listens. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't
3: think this guy has a life. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I do tend to absorb a lot of information. You're right. Yes.
2: I think his wife told him, get out of the house and don't come home till 6. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, he says, hey, Doc, what about this monkeypox virus?
3: <laughs> I, I swear, I read it last night. It's all over Florida from what I was reading in this article. Well, the
2: monkeypox virus is a cousin of the smallpox, and uh, it has a mortality rate of about 1 in 100, and that's usually people who are immunocompromised, people with autoimmune diseases like uh lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis or bad eczema or they're on chemotherapy so it's a it's a rare event that somebody dies and they usually have some underlying problem it's rare as hen's teeth in the united states the last case reported was down in texas a few years ago and if you go to the cdc website it's it's pretty clear that this is not a a big threat uh, to the united states Uh, i don't think we've had any big outbreaks and um I had a couple of monkeys come in the office last week, and we had to treat them. But other
3: than- <laughs> hey, I heard they're giving the COVID. See, it's another thing I read—I read all these weird articles that nobody else reads. I think, but uh, I understand the zoos are now giving the the vaccine, and it's it's a mandate. So I haven't heard from any of the uh, animals complaining about it yet. But they uh, apparently are vaccinating all of the animals at zoos now with COVID nineteen virus or something similar oh. to what it, it, it would be the human version.
2: I don't mean to correct you on this, but I think the hyenas have organized and hired Morgan and Morgan. <laughs> they really? <laughs> <laughs> they say we're never vacciners and we're not taking it, and we think this is unconstitutional.
3: Well, you know, I'm not going to be the one who tells the lion, you got to take the vaccine.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's between the zookeeper and the lion. Exactly. <laughs> I, did I tell you about the turtles I saw on the zoo? Did you, no.
3: Did
2: show the zoo? What about the turtles? It's too cool. These big land turtles are, I guess, you know, maybe three feet across the males. They're big boys. And uh, so they had an older male and a bunch of females uh, in the area in their, whatever you call it, their pen, their cage, their, their environment. And they introduced a younger male. Well, guess who the girls were interested in? The younger well, male. Yeah, Sure. So the older male got depressed. He stopped eating, and they were afraid he was going to get sick and die. Been there. So they, they put these uh, posts, and they cut the area into about two-thirds, one-third, and the posts were just wide enough area between the posts that uh, – or just narrow enough, I should say, that the that the big turtles couldn't get through. And so they put the young buck over outside of the rest of the gang, and he's got his head stuck through the, through the hole, and his <laughs> <laughs> you know, with this drooling and upset. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't upset anymore. And they're like, gee, what's going on? So uh, they asked the night keeper to go and check on him at night and see what was happening. Guess what? What? <laughs> when the old man would fall asleep, the girls were small enough that they could slip through the bars. Whoa. And, <laughs> and have a little tete a with the young buck. And then they'd come back before dawn. So the old man didn't know that they had snuck out. (laughs) I mean, you know, you think human nature is unique. No, apparently not.
3: No, not at all. I couldn't believe it. They actually showed them at night. Cheating turtles. (laughs) I think we got a new TV series. (laughs) Turtles Gone Wild. Yeah, something like that.
2: So there's nothing unique about uh, about uh, humans and human nature. We are what we are. And so we got this big fight going on now. What do you think about the uh, mandatory vaccination? I mean, I think, you know me, I'm, I've been for this for a long time. I, I don't know about the legalities of it, but certainly for health care workers, it makes 100 percent sense. And for people who are meeting the public and uh, are doing a, a lot of uh, Public services, they need to be vaccinated. Cops need to be vaccinated. Uh, rescue workers need to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, all the people that that are frontline in our society, uh, firemen, uh, EMTs, paramedics, I mean, my God, we, we are at high
3: risk. Well, it seems and, like the real power has now, regardless of what the White House wants or can do or can't do, it seems like the real power now has gone to the businesses. If you lose your job because you didn't get vaccinated, I mean, that's that's going to become the choice for a lot of folks because businesses themselves are just saying, hey, you not know, you want to work here, you've got to be vaccinated. And
2: and uh, but the legalities of it, here's here's where there there's going to be problems. So, first of all, if the devil, the details are in the devil, you have to look at uh, or the devil's in the details whichever. So you have to look at how this is worded. How are they going to word this? And uh, is OSHA going to really be able to enforce this? Of course, a lot of a lot of laws are just honor. I mean, you know, how are you going to make everybody stop at a stoplight and not run it? Well, you can't. You just hope that most people have enough sense that they'll stop. And uh, even if they're going to run it, they'll at least take a look before they do. But there's also a fine
3: involved if they catch you.
2: Yeah, if they catch you, and uh, but you have to give businesses time to ramp this up. Who's going to pay for the testing? So let's say that you are in in an industry where the president and OSHA say that you can either vaccinate or test weekly. Not that testing weekly is going to make a whole lot of difference, but at any rate, who's going to pay for that? Is the
3: government going to pay for that? Which of course, no. That's just it. I think the employee will have to pay for it. If, or they, 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 if they choose the test, they have to pay for it. Well, if, if, if that's
2: true, then you're going to see a lot of employees with a hard decision to make. Uh, and that's the idea. Yeah. And so we're going to have to see how this plays out. But I think there's going to be uh, a, a lot of uh, questions and uh, there's going to be legal challenges. Now, will the legal challenges stand up? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, you know. The government has the right to say that if we're giving you money uh, that uh, we, we can attach strings to it. And we know that we know that the hospitals used to send patients ha- away from their emergency rooms. If they didn't have insurance, you can't do that anymore. The government said, look, if you're taking Medicare money, if you're taking Hill Burton money, you can't do that. If you can offer that patient services at your facility, you have to keep them. You can't, you can't dump them on another hospital. You can't do that, Ken. You'll get in big trouble for
3: that. Yeah, until they're stable anyway, until you can make other arrangements somehow, I guess, right? You don't have to keep them forever.
2: If you if you, if you you don't have obese GYN services, if you can't deliver babies at your hospital and you have a high-risk mother, then you can absolutely transfer that mother to a hospital that has high-risk uh, obstetrics because, you know, you don't want to lose a baby in the ER. Hmm. You don't have the right the right equipment when when the mother can be uh, shipped within ten or fifteen minutes from Saint Pete General or wherever to down to Bayfront or or whoever
3: has a so critical. if you need like a immediate heart bypass surgery and you can't do it there
2: yeah yeah you know you're and off and to somewhere
3: it, else yeah
2: and we do that at Saint Pete General we don't have open heart we don't have uh, interventional cardiology so we ship them to Northside and if Northside's on bypass we ship them down to uh, Saint Anthony's or Bayfront. Uh, and, and this is okay, but they're still not left
3: on the street. Somebody's caring for them. Well, some of them you want to leave on the street, but (laughs) you're not allowed to. (laughs) They'll come and get
2: you. And so we don't want that. So the requirements are for, at this point, federal employees, contractors of federal agencies and staff at all healthcare facilities that receive federal funding from Medicare and Medicaid. Well, guess what? That's almost every hospital in the country. Mm-hmm. That's almost every clinic in the country. You know, we take Medicare. So my employees are going to have to vaccinate or go. And it, it's going to be a fight. We may lose one or two people. We had one, one gal who, uh, her boyfriend, uh, moved up to Brooksville. So she moved up there, but, and she, you know, she didn't quit because of the vaccine, she quit because she was moving, but she refuses to get the vaccine refuses go figure that and oh you know my my friend uh and and patient who I told you about last week that she works at the VA as a nurse and she refused the vaccine cuz she said she had sarcoidosis and this and that and and I said are you, are you out of your mind get the vaccine well guess well, what get it she's now a pro vacciner she, she I was on the phone with her yesterday on the uh uh on the uh, what do you call it uh telemedicine and now she's got Bad sinus pressure and headache and uh, feeling miserable. And so I'm treating her for that and put her on another round of prednisone and antibiotics. But, uh, you know, it could be an activation of her sarcoidosis because it can attack your sinuses, Ken. And so now she's a pro-vacciner. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, it, it's a shame that people have to uh, experience this firsthand in order to to become uh, believers but uh, I, you know I wish that if we didn't have this damn HIPAA I'd go through the hospital with my camera and I'd film everything that I'm seeing, and and, and interviews with people I, I got one woman I'm doing a consult on and she's in her in her mid 40s and uh, she's been in the hospital two weeks and she still can't get up and walk around the bed without getting uh, hypoxic without her oxygen levels dropping below 85, and, and she's wearing oxygen. She's got oxygen going at 5 to 10 liters per minute.
3: You, you just can't help some people, Don.
2: And and she said, I'm not an anti-vacciner. I just never got around
3: to it. Well, <laughs> procrastination is not good either. In fact, well, speaking of procrastination, we have to get to a break. Look at the well, time. We're late. Well, you know, procrastinators are the future leaders of tomorrow. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs>
2: And we will be right back. I am Dr. Bill, your radio MP. You guys hang in there, and we'll see you in a few minutes.
4: With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The head of Iran's civilian nuclear program says Tehran will allow U.N. inspectors to install new memory cards into surveillance cameras at its sensitive atomic sites, and to continue filming there. Mohammed Islami made the comment today after a meeting he held with the Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Since late February, Iran has restricted agency inspectors from accessing the surveillance footage as Tehran's nuclear deal with world powers has collapsed. Al-Qaeda's leader Ayman al-Zawari has appeared in a new video marking the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks months after rumors spread that he was dead. The site intelligence group that monitors jihadist websites says the video was released sometime yesterday. In it, Zahari said that Israel will be driven out of Jerusalem. This is SRN News.
2: impact
1: mortgage corp dba cash call mortgage nmls id 128231 equal housing lender not licensed in all states including new york call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions as everyone knows home values have skyrocketed chances are your home has gained a ton of equity why not use your home's equity to upgrade your house how about a new pool in your backyard or a new kitchen turn your home's equity into cash with a cash out refinance loan from cash call mortgage If your mortgage interest rate doesn't start with a 2, we may be able to lower your mortgage rate and get you cash. See just how low our rates are at CashCallMortgage.com. Get started on upgrading your house with a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com. Or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651.
0: AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast.
1: It'll be mostly cloudy today with a thunderstorm around this afternoon. Today's high 91. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 77. Partly sunny at first tomorrow, then clouds move back in with a thunderstorm in some spots in the afternoon. Monday's high, also 91. Mainly clear tomorrow night, low 76. Tuesday, mostly cloudy, a thunderstorm in the area, high 90. It's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM860, The Answer.
2: And we're back. This is Dr. Bill, radio MD. Got Ken with me again this morning, thankfully. And we've been talking about this and that and everything. 9/11, the vaccine, uh, racism. Uh, what else we've been talking about? Oh, the mandate. Uh, So for the uh, mandate for vaccination, for the OSHA rules to be enforceable, employers will have to be given some time to ramp this up. They need to know how the cost is going to go, who's going to burden that, and uh, uh, what the statutes will say and so on and so forth. But, you know, the the thing is, Ken, is challenging the, the basic mandate that businesses can say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't work here, that's already been tested in the courts. Did you know that? I did not. know how did it come out? Uh, it came out that the employer does have that right. It was, uh, I think, the Presbyterian Hospital down in, in uh, Dallas or Houston, one of the big hospitals in Texas, said to all of the, all of the staff, you've got to be vaccinated. And, and a couple hundred nurses said, we refuse. And they sued. And they sued in federal court. And the judge said, hey, they can mandate vaccines. If you don't want to do it, go work somewhere else. And uh, that was the end of that, and it, they didn't even try and take it any further up. It, I was going to say, well, yeah, they didn't
3: go to Supreme Court with that, apparently.
2: No. Well, because it would, because the, the Supreme Court wouldn't have done anything. They would have just, they would have uh, refused to hear it because no. it's a non-event. I mean, you, the employer has that right to say that, for safety's sake, here are certain things you have to do. If you have a spill, uh, you, you got to put down one of those little yellow spill things and and call housekeeping to get it cleaned up. You can't uh, carry a gun in the hospital or whatever. You know whatever safety rules they want to implement that are within the bounds of the law, they can do.
3: Sure, so, you're already wearing hair nets and all that stuff. That's all required. Uh, you know, I, my, thankfully, I don't need a hair net anymore,
2: can I? <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I if I was there, Doc. So. <laughs> but I do get a discount at the barber, so that's a good. Thing. <laughs> that's good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, I was asking a uh, last uh, question if uh, they wanted me to pass this along. Uh, are flu vaccinations for the regular flu this year more important than ever before? Because we've had such a delay, really, in the regular flu. With everybody wearing masks last year, it really wasn't a problem at all.
2: No, because it cut down, you know, the flu, like uh, the COVID, is a respiratory virus. It's spread by people coughing and sneezing on each other. And so the masks cut that way down. But you still need to get the flu vaccine because you just don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people now that are not wearing masks who have been vaccinated and those who think that this epidemic is over or it's baloney and they won't wear a mask. And especially in states like Florida, where we have a lot of people coming in from all over the world, And we have a lot. Ken, did you know that we have 100 million people visit Florida every year as
3: tourists? Get out. 100 million? I had no idea the number was that high.
2: We have 100 million people visit. Over 100 million. Before the pandemic, it was a little over 100 million. It's probably going to be that again. And we're we're a state of, what, 22 million?
3: Something like that, yeah.
2: So we (laughs) basically... Um, at least for part of the year, we're, we're a state of, you know, 50 million people.
3: Well, I and guess we, so. And all the snowbirds come back, you know, and people come in for winter vacations and all
2: that. 10% of Canada, 10% of the Canadian population visits Florida every year. I had no idea the number was that high. <laughs> every year. And they're, what, uh, 32 million? So 3 yeah. or 4 million Canadians come down here. That's the legal ones. So you don't know who snuck across the border and <laughs> Just, just to
3: make it to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> what is the status with the Canadian border right now? Where are we at? You you can uh,
2: you can cross from Canada into the United. No, you can cross from the United States into Canada, but you have to show that you're negative uh, for the uh, virus. You have to have a nasal swab within 72 hours. This is by car, uh, and uh, and you have to have your vaccine card and all that sort of stuff if you don't then they quarantine you for 14 days at your expense by the way and uh they put you up in a if you fly in in now if you have the proper documentation and you get the nasal swab you're okay now if you fly from canada into the united states you're okay but you cannot cross the border from Canada into the United States. I think Biden was going to lift that, and I think he rescinded it, but I don't, I don't know for that sure. That doesn't little, make
3: any sense at all.
2: Uh, no, well, a little does in life. But, <laughs> yeah, if, Ken, if you walk across the border, you can walk from Niagara Falls, Canada, across the Friendship Bridge over to Buffalo without any problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you can't drive your car. That's crazy. <laughs>
2: Well, hey,
3: you you figure these bureaucrats out. Let you, me know. You can walk <laughs> in, you can fly in, but I'm sorry. Yeah, but you can't drive you can't in. Can't drive in.
2: Well, your carbon—we <laughs> so have to be careful, you know. The and and of course, we don't want the carbon emissions coming from Canada, the United there you States. Go. Now, now that's you the problem. The yeah. winds are southeast. <laughs> 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 so I don't I don't get it. It just it, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. Um, But, oh, by the way, as I said before, for the Canadians and for visitors and for people who are going to travel, we will have uh, within a week or two, we should have the rapid uh, COVID test so you can come in and get your nose swabbed. You do have to pay for that, by the way. The government's not paying for that. Um, We're also going to get the uh, monoclonal antibody, the Regeneron. So, if you're one of these never vacciners who gets the virus and and you want to get the monoclonal antibody infusion, we'll be able to do that in the office in a few weeks. I'll keep you up to date on that.
3: And that's um, you got you want to do that early, right? As early as possible. Yeah, within 10 days of symptoms. The
2: earlier, the better. The longer you wait, the more. See, people think, oh, the virus is doing this. It's not the virus that's killing you. It's the it's your own body's response. It's the autoimmune response to the virus which causes you to. To make microclots and to gunk up your lungs with inflammatory cells and inflammatory chemicals that are made by your own body, so it's your and immune system running amuck. Yeah, yes, it's a it's amuck. <laughs> I'll like that word.
3: Immune system run amuck.
2: Immune system like run
3: amok. There's a movie for you. Yeah, you're right.
2: There's a book. There's a book in that. <laughs> so, what about the mu variant? Uh, I don't think we're seeing a whole lot of that right now. And uh, I did read an article by a couple of virologists who said it may actually be susceptible to uh, the current vaccines. Uh, they, they have to see, but it looks like the binding sites are still intact in the new variant on the spike protein. So, uh, but but I do know this: the higher your antibody levels are, the better protected you are. The higher your antibody levels are, the better protected you are. So get that booster. And if you have had the, uh, the virus uh, and you're wondering, should I get a vaccine, get at least one shot. And so having the virus is like the first shot, and then the second shot will be your booster. And it looks like that provides greater and more longevity for, for antibody levels, higher antibody levels and more longevity than just getting the vaccine, which is, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry you got the, the virus, but if you survived it and you're okay now, this is a good way to really protect yourself: is to get a second, uh, to get a first shot, and we'll just call
3: it your booster, and then you're on your way. What if about the not, poor folks who take Johnson and Johnson? We're kind of being ignored. We haven't really talked about boosters for Johnson and Johnson.
2: I am, I am advocating boosters for Johnson and Johnson, strongly advocating. But I would say get, get one of the MRNAs as a booster. Get either the Pfizer or the Moderna. And uh, ignore all this crap that Fauci's saying because he's nothing but a liar and a politico. And uh, I think you'll get much more benefit if you get one of the mRNA vaccines. You'll get a much higher bump in your antibody levels if you've had the Johnson & Johnson. Now, if you're one of these purists that believes everything the FDA tells you, uh, you can hang out and wait for the Johnson & Johnson to become available as a booster vaccine. But I don't, even think they're, I don't even think they've applied for that as a booster yet, have they? Not that I know of, no. I know that Pfizer has, and I'm sure Moderna is working on it. Uh, but I don't even think Johnson & Johnson has done anything. I, but I may be wrong. Don't quote me on that, Ken. Don't quote
3: me. Well, I'm not going to wait. I'll head for your office.
2: Yeah, just come over to my office, and uh, you know, we're at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. You can call up. And just come on in, Uh, bring your insurance card, bring your ID and bring your uh, your card. If you've if you've been vaccinated, bring your, you know, your little CDC white card and we'll stamp that. And if you have not been vaccinated and this is your first round, we have the blank cards in the office. We'll fill it out for you. We've got everything. It's all legal and legitimate. And uh, we've only had three arrests so far, (laughs) but but they let me go. (laughs) go no. i said should we lock him up or should we let him vaccinate and the president called and said let the sob vaccinate <laughs>
0: <laughs> we
3: need him we need every shot we can get that's right
2: yeah and i was talking with mary and i said mary's gonna build a new website we got to do our website over and get everything up to snuff and she's you know saying you know mary as much as I'm talking about the the, uh, the virus and the vaccine, I might as well make some money off of this and, and provide all of the services. And she says, "You're right, Mary." By the way, is our marketing guru, and uh, we all just live in her world. We're well, you're, just...
3: good, you're in good hands if Mary's got you. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, but we we're all passing through her world. It's her world, and we're just <laughs> we're all sort of players circling around the great sun called Mary. The great planet, the great uh, star of Mary. <laughs> so,
3: very nice lady.
2: Yes, she is, and uh, full of energy. Oh, my gosh. Yes, she's
3: a lot of different, and very creative. So you're in good
2: hands. Very creative. Very creative. So, uh, and you, uh, listen, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing all this nonsense from people. The nurses, uh, the OB nurses that don't want to get vaccinated because they say they think it'll interfere with the re- their reproductive organs. What are you talking about? This is not a DNA vaccine. This is not a life altering vaccine. It's a, it's a little snippet of RNA. It's hard to explain to people though. I mean, you know, even nurses don't understand. My own wife, she's not sure what DNA and RNA is and she's got an advanced degree. She's in, uh, got a master's in nursing. But you know, a lot of nursing is uh, is social work and, uh, patient care, and, you know, they don't have a whole lot of science. I mean, they have some, but,
3: Ken, it's hard to explain to people how this whole thing works. When do we lose the trust for science? I mean, I uh, don't know how they got to the moon, but they got there. I mean, either, so you know had, what I mean?
2: I, and I've been trying to figure it out. Some event happened in 84, and after that, everybody started distrusting doctors and, and scientists. Well, well, part of the problem, too, is look at these. You remember the the Lancet article last year? that said that absolutely, positively, the uh, the Wuhan lab was not the source of the virus. This was in a natural event. There was, what, 60 or 70 worldwide famous scientists, and, and now it's shown that they, they all had ties to the Wuhan lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we know it's not true. But I knew this, what, in March last year, I started saying, wait a minute, this is not uh, from from the the wet market. This came out of the Wuhan lab, and my sisters would say, oh, you just worship Trump. It didn't, didn't have anything to do with Trump. I did the research. I saw the the, uh, uh, the NSA data that showed that all the cell towers shut down around the Wuhan virus back in November for a couple of weeks. All, there was no cell activity in that area because they weren't letting cars in. I mean, you can track this back to exactly when it got out or when they discovered it probably got out earlier than that. And, you know, you can look at the uh, at the structure of this virus. You can see that it's been, um, you know, uh, upregulated or boosted or whatever they call it, uh, gain of function. I mean, you can see that somehow this has been manipulated and it, it got out of the lab somehow. Was it on purpose? I don't think so, because believe me, there's plenty of Chinese that are dying from this. And I even talked with someone from China and they said, you, you can't believe it. The, the the people are when they lock them down, they lock them in their house and they can't get out. And you know what? If they don't have food, they starve to death. They starve to death, Ken. They die from from the virus or they starve to death. And we don't know the numbers because the Chinese are not going to tell you, or they don't even know themselves because a lot of the rural areas, you know, it's 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 like the South was. 50, 60, 70 years ago, the numbers just aren't kept. You just don't know. There aren't doctors out there. There aren't statisticians. There aren't uh, the the big hospitals. Now, if you're in a big city, it's a different story in China. It's very modern. But a lot of the country is still struggling. And so we don't even know what's going on. And and then my crazy sisters are like, well, we've got all these extra doses of vaccine. Why don't we send it over to Vietnam? They don't have any vaccine. Ken, how are you going to get it over there? First of all, you're going to have to have a a C-130 that's equipped with ultra-cold freezers, and that's going to be a feat in itself. And then when you get over there, where are you going to store it? Vietnam Vietnam doesn't have any ability to store minus 70 to 80 degree uh, Pfizer vaccine or even minus 15 degree uh, Moderna. Then how are you going to distribute it? They don't have a distribution network. And then you've got so much corruption there that – Who's going to get the vaccine? Well, you know who's going to get it. The top one
3: percent. That's right.
2: Yeah, and 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 then the rest of them, uh, you you may be able to buy a a watered down dose for you know, ten bucks on the street. But uh, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. We cannot uh, even if we wanted to, we cannot supply a lot of the world. They just don't have the infrastructure. That's right. Even the Chinese don't have the infrastructure to manufacture the mRNA vaccines. They don't have the infrastructure yet, so it's it's really a, a, a tough situation. And for these for these nurses who are listening or might be listening, and you're worried about your reproductive organs in the vaccine, it's a bunch of nonsense. Take it from me, I've had three babies since I took the vaccine, Ken. Three live births. Well, congratulations, Doc. So we're we're looking good here, bud. We're looking good. So what, we got another minute left? Oh, about a minute and a half. You got anything on your mind before we go?
3: Just uh, to remind everybody to take those, to get that vaccine, because there's there's nothing more important you can probably do for yourself and your family right now. And everybody else in the community in general just seems to make sense to me. I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I'm just saying it just makes sense to me. That's why I got it.
2: And, you know, there were a lot of people at the station that were not believers, and now they're believers after a couple of people got really sick.
3: So, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that'll do it, unfortunately.
2: Unf- well, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the best lessons are the hardest ones.
3: That's right, exactly.
2: Yeah, so. Experience is the hardest teacher because she gives
3: the uh, lesson first and then the test. So, <laughs> so get the vaccine and then, um, you know, get your you- regular flu shot, too, at some point, I imagine. Yeah, and we, we'll
2: give them both at the same time, 727-384-6411. Seven two seven We'll give you both one in the left arm, Ken, one in the right, and that way you'll be sore, equally sore. You'll be balanced. Instead of just having one side all swollen and hurting, you'll have the other side too. So it should be fun. All right, well, we're out of here, and I've enjoyed being with you guys this week once again. Ken, thank you. This is Dr. Bill, your radio.
0: Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at night for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic